A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Break-Evens. We are only one week away from Teamless Tuesday. Very exciting times. All the trials done and dusted. Plenty to touch on this week's episode brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. Now keep an eye on over the first four weeks of the NRL season, we'll be doing our country's tours. Myself, Maddie, Timmy, and of course the people's beak, Denon Kemp, will be coming to Armadale, Wagga Wagga, Cairns, and Rockhampton. It's going to be super exciting. And if you're a Supercoach fan, get down there and come and talk to me and Timmy a bit of Supercoach. We're very, very excited about it. Welcoming in, Timmy. Uh, mate, uh, you've been causing a bit of strife on the internet this week, just quietly. What's been doing? First things first, you think people come to you for Supercoach advice on that trip? <laughs> Spare me. Uh, yeah, mate. Peck is everywhere. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter hack. Uh, Twitter hack. Someone's uh, imitated my profile. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but you saw they, they took over you as well. The co- <laughs> Please. There, there, was, there, was a, there was a dribbler on Twitter and he changed profile, him or her, tra- changed his profile picture and name to Tim Williams, went to Rave League Guru for a while and just started... Planting peckers all over Twitter under our profiles, and I was just like, oh, "Fair play, yeah." Good on him. Yeah, yeah, mate. And uh, you know, it all stopped yesterday, and I still got one from Tim this morning. So, <laughs> bloody peanut, peanut and a turtleneck. I don't know what was going on there. That's standard Wednesday morning protocol between us, isn't mate, it? How good. And of course, our major sponsor this year, Blue Wealth Property. We've got a major announcement this morning, and we've got uh, the head honcho here with us this morning, Tony. Good yeah. to see you, mate. Good to see you, boys. Everything all right? Ready for a big year? Yeah. Wim's, a week away from Teamless Tuesday? Wim's been preparing for this podcast for about six months, very nervously. And if you didn't have a good announcement to come, I'd be sh- <laughs> absolutely shitting myself. But I'm quietly happy, so. We'll balance out the uh, first trial of the Bulldogs with the Raiders with the big announcement. That'll make you feel better, mate. <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, when you only just knocked off our reserve grade. <laughs> and the big announcement is uh, one of the biggest in, you know, social media, super coach history. But first of all, Mate, you went to the Bulldogs launch last night. It looked like a good evening. It was fantastic, mate. Once I dried out, it was awesome. Mm. Um, we, uh, Andrew Mortimer and I, who, as you know, is uh, one of my teammates at Blue Elf, uh, we're in Brizzy. The plane's delayed 40 minutes. My sons and my nephew are going, right? So Joseph, Ben and Zach are already there. They're texting me, where are you, where are you? We're on the plane. We literally walk, we may as well have had a bath on the way through, right? We walked from Canterbury Leagues to what was a marquee on uh, Belmore Sports Ground, which was actually pretty cool. Uh, once we got there, it was all right. You know, it was pretty hot in there, a lot of people. But the buzz is, the buzz around the dogs at the moment is amazing. I mean, I've been around the club all my life and it's pretty exciting. I'm, I'm hoping that um, it will translate, the energy will translate into performances on the field and... Um, I'm hoping we're going to have a better year. Everything I've heard from anyone coming out of that club has just been hype, hype, hype. And not like manufactured hype. It's for good reason. You know, trial performance on the weekend, not terrific. But between the recruits, uh, the youth coming through, 
you know, Gus Gould shooting it off on Twitter. It's just exciting times at that club, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah, it is. And, I, and, you know, it's not hard to have exciting times after the six, five mm-hmm. or six years that we've, uh, that we've been through. You know, we're just, as Bulldog supporters, we're not used to this, the, the recent period that we've been through. We just haven't had that, you know. I was saying that to my son Joseph the other day. You know, he's been through high school now. He's in year 12. And he's literally had a wooden spoon and a couple of second lasts. Oh, I, went through, I went through high school in the 80s. Oh. You know, we won four comps. We were always there or thereabouts. We were a gun team. We had some of the best players that ever played the game. So they're literally two ends of the scale. So he's hoping his final year at school is going did, to be decent. Did, did Mort play a bit of footy shortly? Mort's played um, reserve grade footy. Mm. So he didn't quite get to the top level. Uh, Anything less than probably reserve grade NRL, you'd be kicked out of that family, I reckon. Well, mate, he's a mortimer. You know? yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's rugby league royalty. And, and uh, you know, I'm not quite sure what it would be like living with a name like that. It's, I'm, I'm sure it's a bit of a burden, but he carries it well. He's an amazing bloke. And uh, I'm sure you guys will – I think you're going to have him on later in the year. But, see, so yeah, he's, a, he's a top quality fellow. You know, the um, his mum – so everyone knows his dad, right? Steve Mortimer is one of the greats. But his mum is one of the – um, one of the best in her field, uh, which is live stage shows. So she's, really? she, she's actually uh, one of the best in the in the country, and one of her friends is Julie Andrews. Jesus, right? So yeah, she's a very impressive woman. So uh, it's not just the Mortimer influence, but um, but his mum and, and her family's influence on that family. It feels like they've all been raised together. It's, it's yeah. pretty awesome. Pretty impressive family from. Uh the family club, obviously, mate. Who yeah. uh, who was the standout players for the boys last night? Who are they most excited well, to see? Well, you know, Birdo's always, mm. oh, where's Birdo, where's Birdo? We need a photo with Birdo. Mm. Um, so, you know, every young Bulldog fan is pretty excited about having Matt Burton at the club. Did and, he wear his headgear to the launch? He's, he didn't. He didn't. Disappointed. Everyone was disappointed. <laughs> uh, maybe next time we'll bring our own. <laughs> Put this on, mate. Can we have a photo? <laughs> uh, and the Fox is pretty awesome. But yeah. the kids are excited about some of these young kids. Uh, yep. You know, young Oluwapatu. Holy crap, he's excited. Uh, was there last night, the, the, the kid we, mm. we bought from Brisbane. <laughs> um, and, of course... Um, you know, the buzz around Alamotti has mm. been been around for years, but a, just a lovely kid. You know, I've met him a few times. He walks up to me yesterday, like he sees me, he walks up to me, oh, hi, Tony, how are you? Like, he's such a respectful young man. And for me, I feel like that's a big part of the culture that they're building there. You know, just uh, um, uh, integrating and recruiting good people. And I think that's a really important part of developing a culture, you know? Yeah, he's been a really humble kid for he's quite some time. a great kid, time. mate. Beautiful yeah. kid. Very exciting times. Yeah. Now, the big question we want to know for Supercoach, you are on Franklin Pelé watch last night. How's he looking? He's looking good, mate. I, I, I said to the boys last night, geez, he looks fit. Yeah. You know, he's a big boy, but he looks fit. He looks lean, as did Tavita, you know. So a couple of the boys are looking really, really lean. I think they've, you know, they've worked them pretty hard. And I think with Pelé, you know, as you guys have described, he's a wrecking ball. But having lost a bit of weight, I think, you know, that, that being a little bit lighter on his feet, you saw a couple of things he did in the trials there look pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And now with Tavita's injury, who knows, could be a, could be a uh, you know, super coach champion for us off the bench. Let's he, see. he was a hard no-go for me until the TPJ injury. And, I mean, not only could that open up a spot on the bench, but it could open up enough minutes to be relevant. Correct. But, and then there's a few of those other ones around, you know. There's Moali and Kepi and, you know, there's a few sort of that, around that kind of money. Mm. Now, if Kepi gets a starting spot, yeah, hard to, hard yeah. to ignore as well. Yeah. And this is the beauty of what Tony does. 
He's a huge Supercoach fan, a huge rugby league fan. And, mate, I, I know that when, whenever I see your, your name come up on my phone, I go, fuck, there goes 20 minutes of Supercoach. I'm not getting back. I know you absolutely <laughs> fucking love it, which, love which, it. which is our favourite, mate. And, <laughs> mate, I guess over the last few weeks I've noticed you've done some yards at Blue Wealth Property. You've been all over the place. Mate, I'm bloody exhausted. You know, <laughs> we were in, um, were in Adelaide last Wednesday. Um, we're in uh, Melbourne on Friday. Then we flew to Melbourne on Thursday. Big event in Melbourne on Friday. Big event in Brisbane yesterday. So we're just spreading the word, mate. You know, there's a lot of panic out there at the moment yep. uh, with interest rates uh, and trying to say to everyone, you know, there's a bit of a thing that our senior research analyst Gavin's been talking about lately and he says, you know what, Tony, in economics, uh, bad news is good news for asset, for asset holders because when unemployment's rising and the economy starts to slow down a bit, we get closer to an interest rate cut. When, an interest rate, when they cut interest rates, which they will, either later this year or early next year, you'll start to see the market go again. So the smart money is starting to look at investing now. You buy now. You don't buy once it moves. Yeah. So we're just out there trying to keep everybody calm, give them some facts. You know, most people get their information from Australia's number one financial planning group, the Daily Telegraph. And uh, <laughs> so we're just trying to, you know, move their head out of the media and get them focused on what's real. And I guess, mate, for me, you know, every time I've spoken to you, you've always emphasised that, you know, everything you do is built around um, education. And, yeah. you know, we, we, I'm sure you'll talk about it too. We went in there the other week and sat down with you for 25 minutes. And I think the beauty of what you do is that you can explain it to boneheads like me and Tim and we understand <laughs> it all. I, I came home and I said Well, mate, that's because I'm a bonehead, oh. you know. But, mate, the way you word everything, the way you explain I came into my missus, I go, oh, did you know this and this? She goes, I've been saying that to you for two fucking years. And you just sit there blank, <laughs> you've got no idea. And I went, yeah, but you don't do it like Tony does, mate, which is what I took so much out of the other day. And I yeah, felt like you, you are in first gear that day too. Mate, I, I, look, I love it. I, I don't, I think you guys have known me long enough to know now. I don't do anything in halves. Yeah. So if I'm doing super coach, I'm doing it with all my heart. If I'm, you know, watching, if I'm a rugby league fan, I'm doing it with all my heart and, and the same with property and education. You know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we've educated, you know, I've probably spoken in front of three or 400,000 people in my career, maybe half a million. Um, but um, we've educated thousands of Aussies to buy property and, and you know, humble Aussies, not mm. people that are already rich or coming from rich families or whatever. Humble Aussies that have worked hard. You know, I'm the son of... Western suburbs immigrants, you know, I grew up in Guildford, went to school in Granville and Westmead. So for me, um, what I've been able to achieve in my life uh, and for my family came from mentors and advice I was given from other people, you know. So I didn't, I didn't know this stuff coming out of the womb. Yeah. So I can't get it out of my head since you mentioned the Telegraph, just Buzz Rothfield, Sunday feature column, what's the buzz? <laughs> what's the buzz? <laughs> Boom, Shire, Shire property, get on board, and then just people flock into the Shire to buy property. There you reckon we need to recruit the Buzz, mate? <coughs> buzz might be God. in there. Mate. He doesn't like the dogs or feel good, mate. I'm not, I'm not happy. Doesn't like hate feel good. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no. I'm going to put it out there and say he doesn't hate feel good, right? Buzz is just a genius, right? <coughs> He's good at what he does, yeah. He's good at what he, he does. And what, is he, and what does he want to do? He needs people to read and click stories. What bigger story is there right now than Gus and the Bulldogs? Yeah. That's why there's a story every week. He's a master. You know, I mean, he was, he was actually um, uh, a significant part of getting Gus to the Bulldogs. Yeah, right. I don't know whether you guys know that story. He was involved in 
getting Gus across to the Bulldogs. Yeah, he, right. he suggested it to the club. Go and get Gus. Influential man. He is. Yeah. yeah, he is. Tony, when we sat down for this Info Day, Guru and I had a heap of questions. I said, very novice, uh, particularly myself, entering into all this, the market. The one that stood out for me doesn't apply to me at this stage of my life, but we, we were talking about your property owners and being able to take equity from your own property to buy a second property. Again, a big part of Blue Wealth, investing in property. And I asked the question about what percentage of homeowners would be in a position financially to get a second property via equity, and it blew my mind. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this. I'll give you some quick, quick facts, right, that might, that might be interesting to the viewers. So of all the properties in Australia... About a third of them are owned with a mortgage. About a third of them have zero debt on them. Right? So a third of properties have no debt. Right? And then about a third are rented. Okay? So of the two-thirds-ish that are, um, that are homeowners, about 70 or 75% of those would have e enough equity and borrowing capacity to buy another property. Now, the sad part of it is that most people don't know that, right? Because nobody tells them. Their parents don't tell them. Their accountants don't tell them. You know, they just don't get good advice. So my advice to people would be have a conversation. You know, have a conversation with someone who knows what they're talking about. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say have a conversation with us. But have a conversation. Ask, you know, they, you should have a good mortgage broker. You know, you had Patty and George on your show just recently. Yep. They're guns yep. out at Mortgage Choice um, in Sullivan. Um, so really important to have the right conversations be surrounded by the right people because yeah. you always make better decisions. You know? Just the fact that Guru, he could go and take essentially equity out of his nine properties and buy nine new places. Not quite. Not quite, but, but yeah, basically. at least a few more properties. <laughs> what are you making per dick pic at the moment? How's that travelling for you? <laughs> not, not as much not as, as, much as <laughs> <laughs> And uh, guys, if you would like to check out Blue Wealth Property, we have a link that is in the description, uh, which I believe is connected to some of your events that are upcoming, mate. Yeah, mate. Um, big event on the 29th of March, um, which is our first property showcase for the year. Uh, launching a, a pretty amazing property, maybe two, just working through the second one now. Um, but, you know, our job is to bring the best properties in the country to our clients. That's what we do. That's our job, you know. We reject about 90% of the properties we review. Uh, and um, <clears throat> I'm not sure whether we've mentioned this before, but uh, I'm a bit of, I'm an uh, OCD control freak. So <laughs> when I built the research model, we had it independently audited. It's the only independently audited property research model in the country. So I'm pretty proud of that. And that's what's been able to help so many Aussies over the years, you know. How good's that? And, um, you know, we, we consider ourselves to be giving the best Supercoach advice on this show, and we thought this year we'd try and give the best Supercoach prize we possibly could. So yeah, we good. reached out to you. We said, what do you got in the bag of tricks for us? And fuck me, you delivered. Oh. Good God. What are we talking? Prize. Thousand? Uh, well, a bit more than that. A bit more? Thousand. Two thousand. I, I don't know if thousand's enough, is it? Oh, I wouldn't think so, but two thousand. Yeah. More? You're too generous. Three thousand. Let's keep going. Tony, get fucked. Five K? <laughs> 5k $5,000 <laughs> 5k You came second a few years ago Out of 160 mm. And how much did you win? 5k All you've got to do Is win our beers and break even group And you come home with 5k How good is that? It's pretty awesome And I'm going to throw in a bit of a, a bit of a curveball A bit of a bonus If the winner Is a member Of their football club I'm a Bulldogs fan Hopefully a Bulldogs fan will win A Bulldogs member But if you're a Bulldogs member Or a Sharks member 
can we can we exclude Parramatta? I was about to say, I, I'll be shocked <laughs> if you give it to a Parramatta Mate, fan. If I have to pay a Parramatta person a, a five and a half thousand, I will be heartbroken. I'll move out of the country. And if it's a doggies fan, they get a personalised foot rub from you at Bluewell Headquarters. <laughs> foot rub, maybe a shoulder rub. <laughs> um, but five hundred bucks if they're a, uh, a rugby league club member. So I, I think I think it's important that. Um, that the league and uh, anyone who can promotes membership of clubs. I think that's really important. Uh, I pay every year for about 25 memberships. Uh, my family and my nephews, my nieces, um, some of my staff, their kids. So I pay for 24 or 25 memberships every year to the, to the Bulldogs. And I think that's really important. Mate, that means that I need to find a team over the next few months because yeah, well, I want five I'm and a half K, not five K. I'm happy to give you one, mate. Canterbury, you're putting it out there. Yep. Do you know, mate, I'm uh, actually am a doggies member. Are you? I am. Doggies and Raiders. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. There you go. There you go. You you grew up a Canterbury fan, didn't you? Uh, Grew up loving the doggies. Grew up an hour from Canberra, so went to all the Raiders games. Brother came through the system, so some dual allegiances there. But I uh, did love the doggies growing up. And obviously, bleed green nowadays, but I always yeah. soft spot in my heart for the well, dogs. You tiptoed around that one, didn't you? Uh, yes or no question, just quietly. You're a reincarnation of my I've nephew. I've answered it before. <laughs> you're, you're a reincarnation of my nephew, Zach. Um, my brother's a Canberra supporter. He's not that so bad looking, Zach. Mad, no, good looking bloke. <laughs> mad Raiders supporter, but loves the doggies. I grew up, I grew up f- five and a half hours from Belmore Oval, so getting to games wasn't exactly easy. <laughs> Now, mate, obviously the prize, fantastic. Uh, yeah, to enter that, guys, mate. you have to go uh, to your Supercoach app. It is a group. Make sure you go to group, not league. I reckon I've got a 1,000 oh. messages this week telling me that it doesn't work. It is a group, not a league. So make sure you go to the group section. And our code is 353745. So we'll put it down here or up here or somewhere here. 353745 to enter that. $5,000 up for grabs. 5500 from Blue Wealth Property if you're an NRL member. You're too good, mate. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to getting the buzz on it during the year. I'm, I think, you know, I think Supercoach is a, I mean, you know, it's a business. Yeah? And it's a growing business. And the customer, there are more and more customers. Uh, our family are super coach mad. You know, my wife and my daughter are not looking forward to another year of rugby league talk. <laughs> Sounds familiar. It's all we talk about at the dinner table, uh, everywhere. You know, I'll be in the middle of some serious conversation about school or something, and one, one of my sons will be half listening and come out and go, Dad, who are you going to play off the bench this week? You know, it would be just crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, it's an obsession. I was sitting at the dinner table last night. My missus goes, are you okay? And I went, yeah, no, it's fine. She goes, what's wrong? And they tell something's up. I go... Josh Schuster's out for the first two weeks. <laughs> in all honesty, what are we going to do? I had him plugged in at six. That was the way I was going. Uh, I, have to, I have to turn everything on its head now. What, what are you so, thinking with Schuster? So I find it very interesting just hearing you guys talk. So I was just thinking of – he's on my bench, yeah. right? Because my, uh, my 5'8's Adam Dewey. So I'm playing who is, by the way, Adam Dwayhe. I appreciate the fact that you say it properly. Um, I'm not quite sure why he lets people call him Dewey. Well, they, they asked they, him and he said he doesn't mind. They, they said on the commentary the other day that he always says Dewey because that's what his father says. Mm, right. But when he went into the Lebanon camp, they said, it's Dwayne. He, so he said, okay, yeah, I'll stick yeah. with it. But he since said that since he's come back, he would rather it be said how his father says it. Dewey. So uh, it's, it's, it's a go. bit of a lottery there, but an interesting one. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm glad that he's got on the front foot and just said yeah, yeah, where well, it is. You know? well, I think he... Didn't mind. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I was just going to not play Schuster as one of my reserves and play one of the forwards. <coughs> but I'll play head-to-head 
Whereas you guys play overall. Mm. Now that there's a five and a half thousand dollar prize, maybe I'll you know take more <laughs> take more notice of that. Um, Tony but yeah, it's interesting group. to see. Oh. It's interesting to see uh, the different thought processes there because yeah, I was just going to hold him, wait until he comes out of it. But you're talking about replacing him, and then maybe moving back to him. Well, uh, I think it's like a double edged sword, isn't it? Because he. You know, he obviously misses round one, but they've got the buy round one, two. Round two yeah. So you might not see him till round three, which means that his price won't go up until the end of round five. So for me, as much as I wasn't stoked with how he looked on the weekend, I like Caelan Ponga's start to the season. So I'm thinking maybe KP at 5'8", um, and then probably round five, round six, depending on how Schuster goes, I get to sit back and watch him. Then maybe downgrade to him. What are your thoughts, Timmy? Yeah, a bit like you, girl. I was sitting on the lounge last night with my partner and we uh, the news came through and she said, what is it? I had a big gasp and she said, oh, same as you, Schuster's out. She went, more effing footy. She goes, she said, <laughs> she said, the season doesn't start for two weeks. And I just went, my initial thoughts, Schuster-wise, was just hold on to him, wait till round three. And then uh, Mrs. Stormed out the door, slammed it, and I had heaps of time to sit back and, and consider <laughs> what I was going to do with Schuster. So, uh, mate... There are multiple avenues you can take with it. And with Schuster, I do see merit in starting without him. At this stage, the obvious thing is, all right, save the trade because it's inevitable one you're going to make anywhere from round three to round five. Calf injuries as well, they can linger so much and they can flare up quite easily. My approach to my squad off the back of week two of the trials, which we'll touch on soon, is that a lot of mid-range back rollers have come through. So I'm thinking of maybe starting with a few of them, Luke Garner, Murata, Nia Kore, a couple of others. Realistically, I don't expect all of them to do well and probably one of them might fail. So come round three or four, that could be such an easy downgrade to Josh Schuster. So in one sense, you know, you're burning one inevitable trade, but in another, you're going to be using it anyway. So... I need to work ahead, obviously, prior to round one, whether it's start with him or wait, but I can see Merity in potentially waiting on him. Yeah, and I think that, you know, based on how he looked the other night, look good, didn't look great, though, Schuster. Mm. So I, I'm also more than happy to sit and watch him for two weeks. You know who else is going really good? Cooper Johns. Mm, yeah. So I'm more than happy just to sit and watch Schuster for two weeks. And, yes, it's one trade, but I can we got so many this year, it's ridiculous. I, um, I find with the 5'8 position this year, the choices are thin. It's brutal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Choices are thin. Like, I had a bit of a look yesterday. I'm like, God, what do I do here? Like, do I just – do I do the old Dewey Burton double? Do I hit Burton double, which a lot of people are running with? Do I – you know, do I, do I upgrade? Um, do I hit a Munster? Do I – like, I feel like it's a bit thin. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, with the halfback, you've got the Cleary, you've got Hughes, you've got Hines, you got – you know, there's, there's a few options there. you got – you know, a lot of people are running with Tanner Boyd, which is what I'm doing. So I just feel like it's a bit thin. I'm not quite sure what to do. And I feel like your your trial on the weekend for Canterbury, like obviously the scoreboard was really ugly, but man, I thought you guys looked unreal for the first 20 minutes. The thing yeah. that stood out to me was, I don't know if Burton's going to be the main attraction anymore. I, well, I had Burton before yeah. that game. Yep. And then I replaced him with Dwayne. And that's so not an insult I, to Burton. No, no, I think the rest of the team's improved. Weeks, yeah. Yeah. And I think it might take him a few weeks to work out, you know, yeah. how he's going to play with that left edge and... You know, what he does himself, what he does with his teammates. I think it's, it might just take him a few weeks. And, yeah, if it does take a few weeks, you're almost at um, state of origin time there, which he could disappear for a couple of weeks. So I've sort of gone cold on Burton. I want to sit and watch him. But, you know, Adam Dewey, on the other hand, he looked he, he was looked doing amazing. everything for the Tigers. He's a gun. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm hoping that this year under this new Tigers system, we're going to see how good he really is. 
Uh, I, I think Adam Dwyer, he hasn't quite had the opportunity to show how good a footballer he is. You know, he had a, li- a good little um, uh, patch there before he got yeah. injured. And then yeah. just, and then there was that whole, you know, let's move him into the centres and let's move him back to 5'8". I think we're going to see All signs news. are positive so far, we're for sure. Now, mate, we, we really appreciate you coming on. I guess from me and Tim as well, we appreciate your support over the last two years, no mate. Problem, and I've, mate. I've got a strong feeling that you're not going anywhere, anywhere anytime soon, which no, I'm mate. fucking stoked about. Uh, so, mate, thank you very much. And, you know, as we said, if you win the overall Supercoach this year, you take home 50K. If you come second out of 160,000, you take home 5K. Here you can get five and a half k. Yeah, your yeah. odds your odds are much better. Oh, the, uh, the, the the additional five hundred dollars actually puts us above second place if you win the if you come second yeah. overall. How good's that? We've also got a few other prizes which we'll reveal next week. We've got our uh, weekly prizes that are coming in as well. Beers and break heavens that I'm very excited. About. I can't remember if I've told you about this or not. I, could, might, I might have to tell you off mic. Yeah, tell me off. Could mic. be better than the five and a half k. With all respect, it could be. <laughs> I am very excited Value-wise, about those. I love that. Yeah, Sentimental-wise, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this will be my firstborn child, so I cannot <laughs> wait to get my paws on one. But thank you for coming on, mate. And as we oh, said, pleasure. there's a link for Blue Wealth Property uh, in the description. It'll be in our podcast descriptions. Uh, and if you do find your way to Tony Mortz or any of the fantastic team at Blue Wealth, tell them Beers and Break Even sent you. Good stuff, boys. Enjoy the podcast. I'll be reaching out during the year for some support. So, uh, yeah. We can't wait, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. All right, mate, big news that broke yesterday. We got some positional updates for Supercoach. Uh, weren't sure if we were going to get them. Thankfully, they have come in just in time. Unlucky if you did your draft last weekend. That would have been a kick in the dick. But That must have been... I often defend those at Supercoach headquarters. and that, mate, they, they do everything really well. and I think they cop some unfair flack at times, but that must have been a killer for drafties. Yeah, for sure. But I also think that it's part of draft. You knew it was going to happen in round six. And I think most of these guys had potential to get Mm. it, we all thought. So um, could it have been done better? Potentially. But I'd also rather get it now than round six. Yeah, good point. And that's it. Like, if if you're looking to draft Caelan Ponga, you're doing it every bit knowing that it absolutely lays he was going to get that jewel in round six. Yeah, 100%. And if something would have happened that he goes to 5-8 the first two weeks, he goes, shit. Mm. And he moves to fullback. You wouldn't have got it in round six. So yeah. I, I think for a lot of it, I know I know it could have been done better. I understand why people are upset. But if you didn't see most of these coming, I think that's on you. Yeah, you're also pretty brave drafting before the second weekend of trials. Like. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it does – it comes down to when people are available, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But it is what it is. Uh, let's have a look at some of the jewels. Obviously, KP – uh, he's, he's the big one, especially now that Josh Schuster's out. I think he becomes really interesting. I th- we'll talk about him later. We're going to go through my team very soon. Uh, but I am leaning towards KP at 5'8 uh, for the first few weeks of the season. We'll talk about him soon, but uh, I think it, it's pretty obvious that he sh- sh- should have got Jewel here. Yeah, absolutely should have got Jewel. I mean, the, the chat of him, well, it's been con- confirmed a long time ago that he was going to play 5'8 this season, and it just makes him completely irrelevant because at fullback... Tommy Turbo was your cheat one. Teddy with that early draw, I had those two locked in, so I couldn't find a way to squeeze him in. But now at 5'8", it brings him into contention. Yeah, and a couple of us, you know, fullbacks slash CTWs. The first one, Taruva, he becomes super interesting now. Obviously, Taylor May, uh, we wish Taylor May all the very best with his ACL recovery. Uh, good thing the NRL delayed that two-week suspension for the start of the year. Oh, What a shit fight. What a shit fight. Taruva... He he's straight into my side. There's a, a bit of chat around a couple of other young fellas who you know more about than I do, mate, who could come in. But 
it's same, same. Whoever gets picked is going to be my CT dub to start the season. Yeah, there's young McLean, who's in their top 30. He played in their first trial, didn't play in their second. Uh, I understand why people are pushing for him to be there, but I'm pretty confident it will be Taruva. I'd be I surprised if it's not. I saw a bit of chat about McLean, but... Taruva, bloody hell, he'd be hard done by. And he's got such a bright future. And this isn't to say the other boys don't. I said they could be absolute guns. Jenkins, obviously, who's more of a centre. But Taruva, you don't want to put him further down the pecking order straight away when he's been given this opportunity. Sweet, if he comes out and doesn't play real well, then, you know, you can give the other blokes a chance. But Taruva's got to be first up. Yeah, I think it will be Taruva. And he, uh, I think he just about comes into everyone's team. We'll talk about him very soon. Mate, Hayes Perham, uh, CTW slash fullback now. Got to call it as we say it. I've been far from impressed, and uh, we did say this a couple of weeks ago that there's a lot of fullback, a lot of CTWs that are playing fullback, and that's so good. I'm just not seeing it with a few of them. He's one of them. Yeah, Perham. He just, you know, the, the, I suppose the jewel helps a little bit, but I'm I'm also just not convinced. Job security with Avrilo sitting there at centre, just waiting to pick that spot off him. He's very flashy, Perham. There is obvious ability there with ball in hand. He's got a great running game, great tackle-busting game. He could be a great super scorer. I'm just yet to be convinced. Yeah. The other one that got it is KO Weeks, fullback slash CTW. Not relevant at the moment, but, mate, I thought he did really well in the trial the other day playing fullback. You know, if we get to some point and Turbo goes down injured or, you know, Origin, whatever it might be, if KO Weeks gets an opportunity, now that he's got CTW, he could be very interesting. Yeah, wow. What, what a... If Tommy does his hammy by around five or six or something, what a great opportunity to downgrade a, a fattened cow down to KO Weeks at centre. That would be perfect. Obviously, Ruben Garrick's still there and has played fullback over the last few years, but I don't know, just KO Weeks playing fullback in that game on the weekend, does that say something to you? I think it has to because, I mean, in one sense, maybe they're thinking they get, get some Ks up four weeks at fullback because they know Garrick can go and do a job there. But at the same time, it's like, well, you'd think if Tommy wasn't there, they just would have played Garrick there. Like, Garrick also up until the last couple of seasons, hadn't played a lot of fullback. So you think every game he can play there, he's going to benefit. So, yeah, I think it does say a bit. I think with all these guys too, obviously none of them are hugely uh, – well, a few of them are classic uh, relevant, but a lot of these guys for draft, jewels are so important in draft. So these are guys to, you know, probably – I personally think a jewel, depending on the position, it can be worth five to ten points in your team over a year. P- people will be sitting out there, mate, uh, first-time draft players going – Okay, cool. It impacts draft more so. Uh, I suppose tell us why and who are the ones who it's impacted the most. Well, for example, a guy like Tamaro Martin. I wouldn't have even considered him. He wasn't even on my radar. Now he's got fullback 5'8", which I personally think are two of the hardest positions to fill. Uh, is Tamaro going to be a superstar? No, but he's probably going to play every single week. He can cover two positions for you. The, the alternative is you draft a fullback. You spend all year trying to find a 5'8 on the waiver wire. You've got a guy like Martin... Once again, not a superstar. Covers two spots. It means that you go into the waiver wire going, I need a fullback or a 5'8". Yeah, it just it, makes life so much easier. And the, the point is, mate, again, for probably more so first-time draft players, but you obviously only have your squad of 17 players. So you've got four bench players to choose from to slot into your team. They don't score for you. They do, obviously, once they're slotted into your 13. But you don't have 25 to choose from when a bloke gets injured or a bloke gets suspended, a bloke gets a HIA, whatever it might be. So... 
to ha- you can't cover every position on the bench, which is where Jules just becomes so vital, don't they? And especially this year, on top of that, you got buys. Mm. So Jules are going to be even more important. And, and, you know, as you said, you got four guys on the bench. Most of the time, you'll have one or two that are injured that you can't drop. They're too good to drop. So you've yeah. realistically got two spots there. Yeah. So a guy like guys with Jules become very important. Your, four, your fourth reserve, I mean, it normally is a floater anyway that chops and chains all the time. But I said, with that weekly buy... It's just going to be rotating. He's in yeah. and out of revolving door. And I, I like it. If I've got the option of, you know, one player or another player, player A doesn't have dual, player B does, player A might score five more points. I think it's worth having the dual yeah. just to get you through the year. Uh, so more importantly, there's a lot of guys that have now got 2RF slash front row forward, which is incredibly important. Uh, obviously, some of these guys for classic become interesting because they've gained 2RF. Front row forward is just a shit fight at the moment. But draft especially, so hard to find forwards. And I think it's easier to find backs because you know if a back's starting, they'll play 80 minutes. Forwards, you're trying to work out minutes and everything. So to have Jules is massive. Uh, what, 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 where would you have KP in your draft as only fullback? And where has he elevated to as Jewel? Uh Much higher now. Much higher. Oh, so thanks, that's good, mate. I would have... Yeah, but I, I think people... And, and like I watched him on the weekend. We'll talk about him. I wasn't overly impressed. Yeah. Like He was good, but he wasn't great. But because he's got the jewel, that almost means more to me than what his trial form means. What would, would he have been? Would he have been second round in third round into se- second round? What, what would he have had? Him KP's at? a hard example because he's a guy that's been a round one pick every year for the last few years. Yeah. He averaged fifty last year, so K, uh, that's why I didn't give you a real answer because KP is very very hard to place. You also don't know if he's goal kicking. Jacko kicked on the weekend. Injuries. Injuries, concussions. Yeah. KP is just about the hardest person to place where you would get him. I There will be comps where people will see the dual fullback 5'8 and go, oh, I'm going to get him late round one because he's got the potential to oh, be fucking God. huge. But then there will be other comps that go, I'm not sure if he's going to stay conscious. I'm not sure if he's going to goal kick. He could slip to round three, round four. Mm-hmm. So KP, I think KP and Pappenhausen, my drafts this Saturday, I cannot fucking wait to see where these two guys go. Yeah, it being, is going to be so I've always found, uh, as part of Supercoach, that being conscious is a, an integral part of your scoring. Without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, the bloke in my comp, Pete, that had KP last year, he will confirm that 100%. <laughs> so uh, KP is a very, very interesting guy. These guys, though, they grab two RF front row forward that makes them very, very crucial when it comes to draft. TPJ, Jake Trevojevic, Mitchy Barnett, Kepi, and of course your boy, Tapanay. I think Tapanay is the one we want to touch on first. Huge. That's it. In terms of uh, going back to classic, it doesn't... It's extremely helpful. It's always helpful. But the beauty of taps is that you get a bloke with a second row forward ceiling in the front row position where we know that ceilings are pretty limited. So it's, it's handy, but it doesn't change a lot. Um, but obviously for draft, for all the reasons you just mentioned, it's enormous. Well, and he's a really good example of he now elevates big time. Yeah. So he's a guy that I probably would have gone round two. He's a front row forward. I don't like picking front row forwards early, but now that you get a duel and you can cover him anywhere and he has the potential to be the best forward in Supercoach, very appealing. Another guy I want to talk about, mate, Jake Trevojevic. Um, I think there'll be a bit of an uptick in Gerbo this year. It's probably a little bit high, a little bit overpriced than what I would have liked, but I think he scores a few more points this year. TPJ, he always becomes relevant for people at some point. With the duel for Classic this year, there will come a time, especially now that he's got this injury, he might come in and play very limited minutes to come back. We might be able to get a, a cheap TPJ, and if Canterbury is going as good as what we all think, 
maybe we see the real TPJ this year. Mm, yeah. I'm far from convinced. I'm trying to get you to convince me, but... I will see it when I believe it, and yep. then I'll consider recruiting them. When he comes back from injury, strings together four or five good games. Front row forward, absolutely. Second row forward, there's way better picks, but front row forward, I spoke about ceilings of players. Well, when TPJ is on, he has you know, arguably the highest ceiling as a front row forward, so uh, it means a bit for him. Sean Kepi, I think he's an interesting one too, depending on how it all lines up at Manly. There were rumours last week that there could be a Nathan Brown spot for Morgan Harper. Harper, of course, injured himself on the weekend, uh, which from a supercoach perspective, uh, we obviously wish Harper all the very best, but I'm sort of all for because I want a Kepi or a Prosecco or someone to become relevant in that Manly mm. pack. Yeah, uh, definitely. And Kepi looks to, at this stage of lockdown, that lock roll, as I said, Gerbo up to prop. So really interesting to see how this impacts Gerbo. If he plays less of a link man, a bit more of a, you know, origin style, Jackie Jaboyce, who plays massive minutes in the middle. Priced on a 50-point average. Again, second row forward, you wouldn't touch him with a 50-foot pole. But front row forward, could be a sneaky one. The beauty of it is Manly don't play around two with the buy, so we can wait and get a look at him and, you know, uh, trade down to him if there's someone who hasn't performed by around sort of three or four. Now, Mitchie Barnett, he also gets dual, obviously arriving at the New Zealand Warriors. Looks like he's going to play in the middle, uh, which I'm... I, I don't know how I feel about it, to I've be honest with you. I've seen a bit of chat around that he will spend some time on the edge. Okay. I, I'm really intrigued by the rotations at the Warriors because I've seen that uh, a bloke we'll get to later, but uh, Host? Jackson Ford. Jackson Ford. I always get Jacob Host and Jackson Ford, probably because they both got simpleton names. Probably because you're an idiot, but yeah, proceed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is probably a bigger factor in this. Um, but Jackson Ford, who's started on the weekend over mm-hmm. Curran. So there's that. There's Torhu Harris expected to get big minutes. Uh, Nia Cora, does he play exclusively on the edge? Does he spend time in the middle? There are a lot of questions around that pack. And Josh Curran's not even in the starting no. team at the moment. And the depth is good. Yep. So I... Yeah, we'll get to him shortly near Cora. I'm really tempted by him at the price, but I just... What are the minutes going to be across the board? Yeah, and I think Jackson Ford's in a similar boat as well. Um, but, you know, I'm once again, I'm all for... Um, what's his name? Coming off the bench for a few weeks. I just gave you shit. I'm now the I'm idiot. Now, a, yeah, now I'm shooting a complete blank. Help me. Back rower comes off. Curran. I'm all for Curran sitting on the pine for a few weeks, becoming cheaper. The oh, thing I that thought I, you were going to say Tom Arley or something. No, no, the bloke you just mentioned 15 <laughs> seconds ago. No, that's it. Goldfish. Um, but, mate, I also think that with, with Barnett, I'm just running through my head and maybe I've missed someone, but if SJ was to get injured or get dropped from this side, he could be the goal kicker in that side too. Yes, he could. So Obviously, Tamare doesn't really kick. I and we might have hit a few before. But I think Volkman kicks a bit. And if SJ's not there, maybe Volkman's next man up. But but then you, you wonder also, like say SJ to play the first month or so, Metcalf to come in as well. That's the other thing, yeah. Mitchie Barnett. It's always the question with Mitchie Barnett because he's always been a, a solid super coach player. The kicking has, has elevated him to gun, gun. essentially. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, we'll just touch on the trials quickly. We're not going to go game for game like we did last week and the week before that. We're just going to talk about the real super coach relevant stuff because Tim is going to launch into me after this and rip my team oh, yeah. apart and deliver a new asshole for me. So the first thing I want to touch on, mate, Luke Garner. I was very disappointed. I am not confident he's starting there round one. If Liam Martin's out, and Hosking's on the right. I think Luke Garner gets there. But even if he does start, mate, I'm not sure how many minutes he plays. I thought defensively there was a lot of issues there. Um, I am less confident on Luke Garner than I ever have been, and he's not in my side at the moment. 
big for a bloke who we you know obviously spruced all season. I I think it, it's we we can take obviously pointers from the trials, but my gut also says that it's one trial game. It's early in the season. This bloke has years of high quality football behind him at the West Tigers. And I think he's in a new environment, new combinations are coming along. Certainly, I've gone weaker in the stomach because well around him off the back of the weekend. But I think that his, his form and his pedigree from past years is enough to, to not worry about one trial game. I suppose the issue comes in that, you know, I said Hosking was quite good, had a big work rate. They do have edge back row options. Uh, Liam Martin, we think, will be right for round one. But if, if he sits it out... You know, there's a worry of when he comes back around two or three, what happens to Garner. So, look, at this stage, I'm going to back him in. I think he's a very good footballer. I think he'll be fine. But there are more flags around that. I understand the argument that it's one trial. I get that. But it was one trial in the pissing wet. It was compressed footy. He was just making poor reads and missing tackles all over mm. the place. That, that's my worry. And I, you're right. It is. It's one trial. It's one game. Uh, but I, I could have understand if he was if he just didn't go great. But... It was pretty poor the other night. Yeah. And I think that Hoskins, he really showed what he's about. I, I I hope that Liam Martin is fit round one so that we know. Because that's going to be the tough even thing. Even then, if... I mean, there's a chance Hoskins misses this side entirely. Yep. So, like, if Hoskins named on the bench, which is a decent chance, obviously, that's almost worse. It's just like, does he come on and take 30 minutes off Garner? And that would be your nightmare, I think. The beauty, we had a, a massive chat about two RF mid-rangers on the Playbook podcast last night. And I think the beauty is there is, I, I rattled off about 12 that had genuine buy credentials, all with red flags around them. I think enough of them are going to go well that it should be a pretty easy sideways move. Yeah. Garner comes out and plays 40 minutes in round one and you have, have him start with Teague Wilton, he plays 80 and kills it, boom, straight across. Now it's... Vo- Saving trades are so important, so we want to get that right. But I do think it is a pretty easy sideways trade to someone, one of those players. It obviously is just if you can nail those, it could be two to three trades. It's so important. It's very important. It's like I hate the line of people saying, well, that's what trades are for. That's what trades are for. It's like, yeah, but if you get it right, you save that trade and there's nothing more important in Sugar than saving that trade. Yeah, and when we get to round 20-odd and everyone's got six trades, if you've got nine and ten, yeah, because it you makes nailed, a huge yeah, difference. Because you nailed four in round one and didn't have to make those sideways trades. So important. Yeah, massive. Uh, mate, I ha- I've been spruiking Matty Burton all off-season. Uh, I watched that first game the other day and just went, probably not for me. Uh I don't know. Once again, it's one game. Maybe we're overreacting, but I compared his game and just the way how much ball he how much ball he was getting and how good his team was going without him doing much to Adam Dewey. I know we spoke about him already in the show, but I think it has to be Dewey by a country mile for me. At that time, Schuster was playing, so that changes things a little bit. But I'm I'm nowhere near as convinced on Matt Burton as I originally was, and I think I'm going to have to side with the great Supercoach Spy here. Spy. Jeez, I hope he's not listening to that one. Uh, yes, Burton actually dropped out of my team prior to the weekend trials. So in one sense, I was like happy to see him not have, you know, as much a hand as we probably anticipated in the doggies attack. He will, don't get me wrong. But at the other hand, I was like lots of people are going off him. Uh, I just keep, you know, I, I said all pre-season that Dewey was my head move Birdo was my gut call. <laughs> it's hard because it, 
stats tell such a story, don't they? And Birdo last year had 10 scores under 40. Yes, the Dollies are going to improve and whatnot, but you saw the weekend and you just thought, oh, stats tell a story. So Dewey, who I was real high on for a number of statistical reasons, more than anything else, um, now everyone's going to flock to him if they were running a Schuster and Birdo combination. So, yeah, Birdo, on the flip side, now that people are selling him, I'm like, oh, Birdo, 15%. Interesting. But, yeah, I just – I think it's going to take time for these combinations to come together and I, I've got him out of my side of it. It's also coincided with KP getting dual. So that 5-8 position has been thrown wide open over the weekend. Yeah, very much so. Uh, my my head previously was saying Dewey and my gut was saying Burton. Mm. Now they're both saying Dewey, I think. Yeah. Direction I'm going to go. But, as you said, anti-pod play could be very interesting yeah. there with Burton. Uh, mate – couple of young guys that really stepped up you obviously had calm pierre from the gold coast titans i think we all had him locked in i think that he should be by far and away the most owned player in Supercoach this year agreed uh to be fair you would have scored four tries in 10 minutes in that game yeah but i mean he's playing outside foz on that left edge he's oh. lightning quick like i just I, the I, I understand that argument i've had a few people say that to me but i uh, I, I think he's a good thing out there. Mate, he's bottom dollar. Like and and people are going, oh, Brian Kelly comes back. I reckon he's going to keep these guys out. I'm pretty confident he will. Yeah. Tell you the one, there's not a chance I'm starting with him, but Bo Fermor with Foz inside him is just going, he could be the biggest winner position, positional-wise this season, like positional changes. Because we know how well Foz squares up defences. And if you're a line runner off him, look at Andrew Davey at Manly. Jeez, it's a good spot to be. Yeah. If Firmer didn't score 68 tries last season, I would have got him in for sure. But I just because he scored all those tries, I'm like, oh, how much can he improve? But, God, he, I mean, he could hold his average from last season. And I think that's the other factor as well. For every line break that he makes, I think you can put Campiera in for Straight a Straight through, whack. Yep. Yeah. Done. So uh, I think Campiera is an absolute must-have. Will Warbreak came over from Rugby Sevens last year, was in the Melbourne Storm system. Extended bench on a number of occasions last year. Was playing for the Falcons for most of the season. Uh, got his opportunity. I think I saw a quote from Cam Munster the other day saying that he thinks Warbrick will be there. If he's there round one, he's straight in as well. Yeah. I mean, he took uh, that opportunity with both hands and I was sort of plugged in my predicted teams. Initially, I had Dean Yeremiah on the wing, but... Warbrick started, killed it. You would think that's his spot, and he's yeah. bottom dollar. And you have a look at the way the Melbourne Storm have picked their wingers over the years. He's the perfect body shot. Yeah. He's got a little bit of X factor to him. I, I think Will Warbrick will be there, which helps us a lot. Speaking of wingers, mate, Marshu. Good God. I was talking to Jackson Hastings the other day, and I said, what's he like at training? He goes, mate, he doesn't realise how strong he is. Yeah. He doesn't realise how fast he is. He doesn't realise how much he fucking hurts us. Maniac. In that conversation with Jackson Hastings, did you happen to ask if he's goal-kicking in round one? I may have. And I'll tell you after my draft on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the trust factor. It's very low, mate. Greg Marju, I flirted. I flirted with so the idea I. of it. He came into my side for all of 15 seconds and I said, mate, you're an idiot. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I, I take a pretty cautious approach, I suppose, to my super coach. I, I'm not one to go overly rogue unless I really back the decision. And I just went, something is off about this. But well, I think he busted nine tackles. And the big thing is the KP factor. Yeah, Being on that left wing outside of KP could be an absolute goldmine. 
my issue is, A, job security is going to be very poor because his defensive reads in the past are the reason why he hasn't played more NRL. Uh, you know, there's a few people there, Heimel Hunt and Nari Tuala, who could slot into that by round two if he has a stinker in round one. Um, I have so many just concerns over Ponga and concussions and injuries and all sorts of things coming off a calf injury. If Ponga goes down, it almost puts a line through Marju for me. Um, but, jeez, he's so, the night's soft draw to start the year, man, you can make a case. I think that I agree with you on everything you said with him defensively, but I think it's pretty evident that Newcastle have brought in there for his kick returns and everything. Mm. And I also think, fuck, if I'm Newcastle and I need to drop a winger at the moment, is it going to be Marshy that I've just brought to the club or Dom Young, who seemingly is about to walk out the door? Oh, I, I reckon that could get ugly. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I think it could. that's just my vibe, but for them to bring him over from England, for him to defend awfully for the first year and then back him in and develop they him. They did back him. And now that he gets all these raps, and especially if he goes to the Chooks, <laughs> oh, I think that'll re- that'll piss Newcastle. And so it should, 100%. Yeah. So it should. So I've had a few Newy fans and mates messaging me just saying they're just so angry about it. And yeah. I said, why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be? But that's that's the business. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Fuck. If I was Dom Young, I'd do the exact same thing. Yeah. Without a fucking doubt. So... It's a tough business rugby league, but yeah, he's very, very interesting. Marcio, uh, mate, we already sort of touched on them, but there's a couple of guys that are playing fullback that are available at CTW that we warned just three weeks ago. Just because they're playing fullback, who gives a fuck? If they're not scoring points, it's not worth it. Perham, Hammer, Sloan, Red Sharpie for me. No bueno. What do you reckon? Yeah. If I slot into fullback for the Raiders round one, bottom dollar... And I was dual CT dub fullback. Would you pick me? Well, mate, Seb Chris got a bait on the week, and I kept an eye on the phone. I, I thought Sticky was going to call me to see if I was keen. Oh. I, I didn't see that coming. Apparently, he's played a few games there in um, in Reggie's and stuff over the years, but I wouldn't have imagined Seb Chris to be a fullback operator. Mate, I I can't make a case for Seb Chris at fullback, and the Raiders talk about glaring issues. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> one of many, one of many. Uh, but yeah, Sloan, Hammer, Perham, uh, all not. You, I don't think you can consider them. I think people, Sloan in particular, I think as we said from the start, I think people are fucking crazy to be looking at Sloan. Yeah, and Sloan, uh, I'm not keen on him at all. Jobs. The only thing going in Sloan's favour is that there's not much competition for fullback spots at the moment. I suppose they could shift Moses Embi back there. They've got the young fella, uh, Trey... Stray Stewart. Well, that, that's the scary thing for me. I actually think Moses Embi played really well in these trials. Yeah, I, I thought he did well. And Bud Sullivan is seemingly fit. So, so Embi's got to have a spot somewhere. Yeah. I, I like. So maybe, We've sort of yeah. been joking about him playing fullback, but fuck, weirder things have happened. Yeah, he's safe. Uh, so, yeah, job's pretty poor. Round one by just does not help things. Uh, ben Murdoch Masila as well. There's been questions around him. You know, Jack Bird is to come back into that team. So I think Bird and Sewer start on, on the edges. Murdoch Masila, obviously, you know, the fact that he was recruited to the club, they've got high wraps on him. So he may well get decent minutes and turn into be a really good cheapie. Just the round one buy is tough. So he's one that I'm, again, I'll, I'll wait till round four. And if he's before that first price rise, if he's going good. I'm not even convinced he, even if he gets starts on the edge, I'm not convinced he plays huge minutes, to be yeah. honest with you. So I, yeah, I, I, I know it's, I know it's appealing. I think it's 234K. It's very cheap. But I, I think you're walking into a hiding there. I think edges are locked. DeBellin's playing at lock, so I, I don't know. Yeah. 
We spoke about some CTWs there, Perham, Hammer, Sloan. Uh, Mulatalo, mate, put on quite a show the other day. I said on uh, Bloke in a Bar the other day, I love how Mulatalo has got all the shit in his game, but he backs it up every single fucking time. You're I a, love him. You're a fiend for that NRL arrogance. I love it. Yeah. I love it. If you back it up, I love it. If you don't, I've got no time for <laughs> you. But he backs it up every single time, and you meet him in person. He, he was at a bloke photo shoot with us a few weeks ago. Lovely guy. Yeah. Awesome. I, I posted a thing about it yesterday. He messaged me. He goes, fuck, you should have seen I had some Canterbury Bulldogs, like 10 and 12-year-olds, that sprayed the living hell out of him. <laughs> and he just went, I love that. Yeah. How good's that? That's what footy's about. you got to learn to thrive on it, don't yep. you? Uh, Talo. my take from that game was that basically Katoa, we talk about how many wingers in the competition. This is most of them have a preferred side and like quite a strongly preferred side. They just... They chop and change all the time. So Mully Taylor, for the majority of last year, at least when um, Katoa was out, would play right edge, which I prefer at Cronulla just because it's Nico Hines' right edge. But Katoa played right, Mully Taylor played left. I know Mully Taylor got his two tries there, but I do prefer the right edge winger at the Sharks. Uh, that The Sharks in general, though, just look red hot. They have not taking a backward step from what we've seen trials so far. So there are so many assets in that side that are, smoky, are pods for round one. Want to make it interesting? $100 bet who scores more tries this year, the left winger or the right winger? I'll take the left. Really? Yeah, I reckon with, with Wilton there, I think you'll see a lot more points down there this year. For the sake of the show, I'll take your bet. Yeah, but. Sure. The logic behind it, we've spoken about time and time again of what Wilton will do to that left edge, and we both think that they'll be... Hey, if you don't want to take it, just say it, man. What do we have to do? Tony's putting up 5K here. I'm, I'm trying to get a scunjo out of you. Like getting blood out of a stone. Tony's got a bit more to work with than I do, Guru. 100 bucks, mate. I'll go Sharky's right winger. Did you want the right winger? Are you confident in that? I, I, I assumed you were by what you were saying, but... Yeah, I'll go right winger. Right, I'll take left. Done. We'll keep track of it this year. Um, mate, let's talk some back rowers. Eli Katoa uh, scored a very good try. Uh, the the thing that fills me with confidence is that he scored that try off broken play. It wasn't like it was a set play or anything. The thing that worries me a little bit was that it came off Munster, who I don't think that'll happen all that much this year. I think Jerome Hughes is going to be his guy. Uh, where are you sitting on Eli Katoa? I... Why, why do you feel more confident that it was off broken play? Because oh, I just feel like in the Melbourne Storm system, I just feel like that shows a bit of awareness from him. That shows that he is mm. he's alert and he doesn't need someone to say, stand here, get there, blah, blah. It just happened. He just saw it and, and made it something out of it. I like that in my back rowers. It's something yeah. that Boyd Corden was fantastic at. You get off broken play and Boyd would just know, okay, I don't need a halfback to tell me where to be. I know where I need to be. I like seeing that from him. My, my question mark has always been, is he a lazy footballer? Is he a guy that you can trust to be there? Munster, you know, crabbed across field for 30, 40 metres off a line break and he timed it perfectly. Like He was never not going to score that try, essentially. Yeah, no, look, it's a fair call around attitude, particularly with Eli Katoa. Uh, I sort of almost put a line through the try when I saw it because I was like, it was off broken play. Like, mm. this stuff does, isn't going to happen often. I was like, oh, I wanted to see him running a line and going through... Um, I'm really torn. You know, you just we've seen the upside in his first year at the Warriors where he was a wrecking ball. We we had a bit of belief that, you know, Craig Bellamy of all people could get the best out of him. I'm so tempted to start with him. He's at a little bit of an awkward price. Yeah. Look, if he plays 80 minutes, 
lock and load. Job security is going to be the issue there. But there's such points going upside to him. I, I, the more I think about it, I, I just I think I'm going to take the gamble. And, I mean, I also thought that throughout the game, just his hit-ups in general, I thought they were pretty good. They were strong. He, he looks fit. He I, looks amazing. He's fit as. You're higher on him than I am. Yeah. I, I don't trust him enough to bring him in, but I would not push back on anyone that does. Yeah. He, that's it. Uh, and, and, again, round one bench makeup, huge. The thing about it is they've got so many versatile forwards that can go between edge and middle that we might not get the entire picture round one. Uh, I hope, I hope they go with a bench utility, um, which you know they. I think they will, but there's a few different avenues they could go down if they want Harry Grant to be an 80-minute hooker. So we'll see. Yeah, I think with Ali Katoa, the other thing to remember is you know you say it's an awkward price. You look at 411. You know, I think once you go from the 300s to the 400s, a bit different. But that's I think people the, yeah. need to keep in mind that's the inflation yeah, of... That, that, that's last year's... I don't know the exact number. Yeah. I haven't looked at it, but last year's 350, 360k. Yeah, he, he'd, be, the, he'd yeah. be definitely in the threes, which I think just on the eye test makes him a little bit yeah. more appealing. All right, Cam Murray, mate. Little Bradley Clyde. Fuck, he had a game on the weekend. He is an incredible footballer. Yeah. How ridiculous is it that we're like... Oh, Cam Murray had a game, good game of footy and we should consider him for our supercoach teams. No shit. When does Cam Murray have a bad game of footy? Is there going to come a point where we're like, okay, this is the peak of Cam Murray. Yeah. We've seen it now. Yeah. He just, he just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? He's so good. And supercoach-wise, I think injuries to Saliva Havili, Hame Sele. Has there been any updated word on him? I saw that he was still in sort of pretty major doubt for round one but would be thereabouts i don't think he'll be there round one and i don't think knowing his injury history yeah i don't think they'll rush him back either and they've got guys to cover him i think yeah so they've it only leads to the tough draw as well to start the season means likely a lot of close games just leads means big minutes for cam murray yep. early on so look i freaking love cam murray who doesn't let's be fair but I just can't justify 750k when there's all these outstanding back rolls on offer for 300k cheaper. Don't get me wrong, you pay up for him, I think he will hit his 70 average and be fine with upside. But I'm just looking at value and creating squad value and earning money, and I just think there are better options in that position. I also think, you know, a guy like David Fafita who's 60, 70K mm. cheaper there. Uh, I just think with some of these guys too, and I know it's probably not going to be a huge factor, but a guy like Cam Murray, he played all last year. He played an Origin Series. He went on a Kangaroo mm. tour. I just, I question if going into another Origin Series this year, if they play him for as big a minutes the entire year. So I just think it's something to keep in mind. I think for I think Cam Murray is a better footballer and probably scores a little bit more in Supercoach, mm. but I think for 60K cheaper and the upside of a feeder, I'd be willing to take it. Yeah, and like it sort of works both ways, the tough draw. So Cronulla, Penrith, Roosters, Manly, Storm to start. Hectic. Uh, you know, worst grade in that, all right, bigger minutes are likely assured, but he's not going to be chopping through the middle of them like he did the Dragons. He's so good that, don't get me wrong, there will be attacking stats. Might, yeah. But like he made the Dragons look like Ron Massey Cup, didn't yeah. he? Well, yeah. yeah, the Dragons did a great impersonation <laughs> of a Ron Massey Cup, and yeah. that's no offence to Ron Massey, of course. Uh, mate, should we uh, should we get stuck into my team? I've got my side as it stands right now, pre-Teamless Tuesday. Your side you're revealing on Supercoach Playbook? 
Yeah, there's an article up on scplay.com.au with my entire side there. Um, we'll be updated in the next couple of days, but basically the framework's all there for anyone wanting a look. Coward. Coward. Fucking coward. All right, my side. Yeah. You want to start at hooker? Yep. Mate, I've gone for Brandon Smith. Uh, I think I've seen enough in these trials to convince me that you need to have him in your side, hopefully with a bit of upside and with the Roosters. Early start to the season, he can do well. I think the more important one is I've gone for Sonny Luke, which uh, it's a bit of a punt. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I I don't have Sonny Luke, and look, I don't I don't mind the play. Just the unsighted in trials, I'm not thrilled about. I think we saw in the trial, I mean, the World Club Challenge, that that more like for like a creative ball running hooker. That in the, the the absence of Appy Corrissau, he's needed at Penrith. So, look, we think he gets 50 to 55 minutes, but he obviously missed the trials. There must be, what, some sort of niggling injury? Uh, it was a it was a hamstring or a quad, but uh, I've been told that Sonny was filthy that they didn't pick him and that if it was round one, he definitely would have been there. Yeah, so, so it's good to go. Yeah. But there is still concern for, you know, some sort of niggling injury around... Is it, we think he plays 55 minutes, but I don't know. Do they start early on and, and play Mitch Kenny, who will be more match fit, playing that 40 to 50, and, and Sonny Luke coming on east in, in 30 minutes? I'm happy to start with some higher-priced hookers and, and drop down to Sonny Luke if he kills it early on. But, mate, look, it's hard to knock. I'm being a bit critical because at 234k for a, a big-minute hooker at the Penrith Panthers, it, it, you can't go too far wrong, can you? Yeah, and look, even if he plays 40 minutes, when you just have a look through his cup stats last year where he was playing 80 minutes every single game, 19 games last year, five tries, seven dropouts, 20 20 tries, 22 line break assists, 22 offloads, 663 tackles at 93%, 75 average run meters. Um, I, I know that we're going in blind a little bit, but... Based off that, I am more than happy to take a punt on Sonny Luke. I don't think they can afford to play Mitch Kenny for more than 30 minutes at hooker. Mm. It was so fucking clunky. It was not even funny. And to be fair, it was like that last year as well, realistically. Uh, I just think Sonny Luke, he's going to have to come in and play 55. I, mate, there's a world where he could play 60, I reckon. Mm. And in that time, at 230K or whatever he is, whatever peanuts we're, we're paying... I reckon the vast majority of people are going to have to move to him eventually. I love that uh, that that bold call where, yeah, I think he'll, he'll play 55. There's a world where I was waiting for you to say, he could be 80 minutes by round two or three. <laughs> he could play 60. <laughs> Sorry, I meant an upgrade from 40 to 60. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be an 80-minute guy, but I think that in 60 minutes he could do a lot of damage. I don't, he's never going to be a keeper, I don't think. But fuck, I think that you can make a lot of money off Yeah, Sonny and Luke. look, I know he's not Appy Coruscant, but it's the same combo as last year, isn't it? Back end. Mitch Kenny yes. plays the first. You know, even if it takes a few games to get the minutes into Sonny, first 20 minutes, Mitch Kenny, Sonny Luke, the next 60. And when this forward pack is powering and they're flying, I'm not sure if you need to be Appy. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can be Sonny Luke and be very fucking successful there. And Luke Garner's just blocking, knocking blokes down left, right, and centre. <laughs> Quick play of the ball. So uh, my front row forwards, mate. Uh, Ruben Cotter, you convinced me on him a few weeks ago. I had heard of him before Ruben Cotter, but you definitely convinced me on mm. him. Uh, yeah, South Coast boy, I think he is. is he? 623K. Um, Stefano. 
I was more confident on it two weeks ago, but I still think I am going to go with him at 319k. I just think he'll get enough minutes at the Tigers to be relevant. And I think that you could see the other day when the Tigers playing, played good footy, they were offloading. They were throwing the ball around. You could tell how excited they all were. Like I think it's definitely an objective that they've got to play mm. like that. And I think that that really does suit Stefano. Chuck the happy factor in. I'm going to back him in for a try in the first five to six weeks. Mm. Yeah, firstly, please uh, ignore my little tongue slip of Ruben Cotter, South Coast. I was... I had no idea what you were saying, I was but I knew I you'd was already Robson, embarrassed yourself yeah, enough, so yeah. I just let it go. I was seeing yeah. Cowboys hookers killed it, yeah. just come out at Reese Robson. That's okay, um, kid. That's all right. Because straight away I went into my head, I'm like, geez, good recruitment from the drags to get him from up north being a Queensland. Mm. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Anyway, yeah, well, let's pretend it didn't happen. Probably 30 seconds will never get back. Cotter, and, mate, I can't knock your front row, to be honest, at this stage. I've got the same. Uh, I am getting more and more tempted to... St- to go back to my old ways of mid-range front row forwards and Christian Welch is the one there who's putting yeah. his hand up. I'm just thinking if I can save 150 to 200k on a mid-range front row forward, I like that. Um, you know, it's not that much more to go, say, Welch to Cotter, but if I need to free up money elsewhere in my squad, that could be where it comes from. And that 200k could be very, very handy. Yeah. And for well, I mean, me... It could be, it could be potentially... With other trades, it could be Nico Hines coming into your side. Yeah. And for me as well, like I'm really happy with my squad at the moment. I've only got $5,000 left over. Mm. So if I could free up that 200K, I like to have that little buffer as well. And uh, hopefully we can get a bit of money off Christian Welsh. So uh, my bench front row forwards, I've got Kepi and Mawali. Both these guys could be exchanged very quickly. If <laughs> yeah. Franklin Pelle is named, he comes straight in for me. Uh, but, over who? Uh, depends on the team list. If Kepi is named to start in that manly side... I like him. Mowali, he's just so cheap, Mowali. Coming off the bench, he scored two tries in two trials. So I'm not sure who he comes in for, but I think he would come in for one That's of them. That's where the, the jewel, Kepi's come in huge. Yes. Hasn't, you can plug him in second row four. Uh, I'm with you on Kepi. If he starts, I think you have to have him just about at the price. And if he's bench, probably won't. I think that's how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Guys and girls, are you ready to tie the knot? But you've also worked out you're already tied up by your finances? Say I do to Pat and George helping you fund your dream wedding. Don't be that bloke that makes your missus compromise on her dress. Or more importantly, your uncle compromise on how many scoons he can polish off that night. The boys can make sure you get the cash quickly to make your special day unforgettable. Even better, if a big ceremony isn't your goal, then the boys can also help make your honeymoon a trip to remember. If there's ever a good reason for a loan, it's love. It's gotta be. So shoot them a message on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the website for the email, phone contact, or QR code if that's easier. Best of all, it'll save you 129 bucks on the consultation because you're a listener of the SC Playbook podcast. All right, to our Fs, uh, I already mentioned mine. I've gone for feeder. I think that on the weekend, he looks pretty good, did some nice things. Uh, I'm just too scared not to have him, to be honest with you. S- Spire on the podcast last night made a really great point about Dave Fafida. He he set up a try with the Viliami kickout sweeping play, which we know he's got the ball skills for Fafida. So if he can play at similar role, similar role, a it'll mean he he stops being that stupid decoy that like kills Supercoach fans. Hands on the ball more, more attacking opportunities. Not only does he get that opportunity to sweep out the back and tip onto the winger for the try assist, but he'll just get chances to go at centres one-on-one and annihilate them. Yeah. And that's where you'll get centres and wingers trying to jam up on him. Mm. 
tackle break, uh, offload, uh, yeah, points and everywhere. There, that, that's a like that's a set play. That isn't a your back row just doesn't start sliding at the back and, and sweeping with a lead runner. Like that is a set play. It's happened at training. It's not spur at the moment during the game. Can only be good signs, I think. Yeah. So for feeder, I'm starting with him. Teague Wilton, just under 500k. I think he starts on that left edge for the Cronulla Sharks. I think he should have started last year. I'm very confident in going Wilton. I've gone him over Luke Garner at the moment. I like Wilton, but very confident, not so much. So I've said this a lot of times during the preseason, but he needs 80 minutes. And, and I am repeating myself, but average minutes per game last season, 60 minutes for 47 average. The season before, 63 for a 46 average. Now, he's had tries during that time as well. He really does, I think, need 80 minutes. And with Wade Graham on the bench, how confident are you that he gets it? I think Wade Graham plays middle. I really do. I, I don't think... It's a punt, 100%. But I, I'm more confident right now that Teague Wilton plays big minutes and is successful at Cronulla than Luke Garner is at Penrith. How, yeah, Wilton looks great, doesn't he? he was I mean, he looked great. Trials, yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't play a whole game there, I don't think. He still scored two tries yeah, in that yeah. game. And Craig Fitzgibbon is going to be smart enough to see how lethal that edge looks with Wilton there as opposed to Wade Graham. It sounds like a funny thing to say because Wade Graham for years has been such a good playmaking back rower, but I think Wilton just suits that side, particularly getting Sifa, his sort of one-on-ones, and a bit more space out wide. So uh, I like the Wilton play. I don't think it's foolproof. Yeah, I, I think it's foolproof, but I think that there is so many advantages to that. I mean, you have a look at, you know, their try scorers on the weekend. Katoa, Wilton. Oh, sorry. Wilton, Mulatalo, Wilton, Mulatalo, all down that left edge. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't shock me in the slightest. Uh, and I think that you could see your mate Moiser with his top try contribution stat. That could go through the fucking roof this yeah. year. Yeah. Really like that Sharky's left edge, and I'll it's get cool. you to deposit that 100 later. Um <laughs> Let's have a look at my other two RFs. My other one, Jermaine Hopgood. I don't think we need to touch on here anymore. Must have guy mm. is what it is. Um, my bench guys. I mentioned to you the other day, I'm very interested. I'm going to take a little punt on Egan Butcher. I think that he plays big minutes on that left edge. I love the Roosters draw to start the season. I think he could be in for a double against the Dolphins round one. So I'm going to reserve him and I'm going to have him in my team round one. I'm getting warmer on Egan Butcher. Uh, I suppose my reservation is around your mate, Josh Wong, and does he come on and take some 20 minutes off him on the edge? Because I think Nat Butcher probably plays 80 on one edge. And then Egan Butcher, he's such a worker. He passes the eye test. He looks fantastic. And said that that great early game against the Dolphins, uh, 482K, there are just so many good mid-range back rolls to start with. My other issue with Egan Butcher is just owning too many roosters early on in the season. So what have you got? Cheese, Butcher, Wong's in there at the moment, but Cheapies probably doesn't impact it as much. Um, because of that round four buy, so yep. you got Teddy as well. You, you, you Possibly leaving yourself a little light on for roosters, for players come round four with what's that, four, four guns? I personally think people are overanalyzing these buys a little bit. Three, sorry, you've got three guns there. Okay. No, I think that's okay. I think four is the limit where you go, you know, four mid to top dollar players in one round sitting on your bench. Like you can, you can cut one round, but at the same time, 
if that week you score 800 and other teams are scoring 1,100, that's a big drop. But at the same time, everyone else is probably going to have two to three roosters. Yeah, but, mate, I also think the way that people talk about not having these guys, it's like you're not getting other points for them. Yeah. You're still bringing other guys in. Yeah. I don't think the gap is anywhere near as big as what people are carrying on with. And I think that the, you know, fuck, uh, tell me you're going to get to the end of your season and go, fuck, lost those 80 points in round two. Yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think people are overthinking it. I think and I, ge- people are genuinely acting like, oh, Teddy's not going to be there, so you're not going to get any points that week. I know, I've seen similar round people saying, oh, you know, not starting with Cleary because of that round. Was it three by they've got? It's ridiculous. I'm just like, it's one week. It's one so, week. Yeah. I, I think that is Yeah, crazy. And, and the buyers don't worry me that much. It's more just the the overstacking with, with players for one buy. But, Matt, I, I, I do tend to agree. It's and the one thing that I hope all of you do out there is make trades based on buys, oh, which God. I think is the stupidest possible thing you yep. could do. And I hope you all go out and do it because I've got 5.5K in my sights just quietly. Cause it, cause yeah, because that, <laughs> as you say, yeah, you, you drop a couple hundred points that week and then next week everyone's going, oh, shit, an idiot Nathan Cleary back into my team and that's two trades that have burnt me. Yeah, yep. I think it's wild. Yeah, I yep. forgot to ask Tony if a North Sydney Bears membership counts, by the way. Oh, Bears. Check it out. The mighty Bears. <laughs> uh, my other bench spot, i got Matty Dory. That's pending... If he's named, uh, that could turn to a Jack Murchie. That could turn to a few different guys. Mm. Really, that could turn to a Sean Kepi and someone else in the front row. So that's all teamless pendant. So is Josh Wong. Uh, I know you said before you worried about him playing the edge. I'm really not. I think he'll come on through the middle. Um, I I love this kid. I think he's a star, but I think it's been pretty evident in his games, one for Fiji, two for the Roosters, that defensively there's issues there. Mm. I, I don't think he's going to play a huge minute role. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the team round one. Once you bring JWH back into this side, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't run with Josh Wong on the bench. Yep. Yeah, as I said, placeholder for now, so we'll see what happens. See what happens there. There are options. Halfbacks have gone the two guns, clear in Hines. Uh, it would be lovely to free up cash somewhere else, but I, I think that people are just out thinking the room a little bit, not having these two. I'm beginning to lean towards Nico as well. Uh, like, Sorry, to have Nico? To, to, yeah, he's not currently in my team. Yeah, okay, yeah. And the reason being was that I was very happy with my hookers halves, uh, who'd I Boyd and Cleary there at the moment. So, and I, and I was ha- yeah happy with my yeah. I just Tanner Boyd's the one that I currently own and you don't, and and I've obviously got five hundred fifty k extra in my kitty because you've gone with Nico Hines. But I'm the same, man. I'm like, are we overthinking it? Nico Hines was so good from a value proposition. It doesn't make a lot of sense starting with him because you know I really don't think he probably averaged much more, if any, than that ninety for the first three to four rounds. But at the same time, if he does bang out his eighties to nineties and holds value, it's like all right, you're not generating cash. But there's a lot of points going up there for you with the upside of one fifty plus. Yeah, and I just think fuck, even if he doesn't average ninety in the first six weeks, what he might go down to eight hundred k. Is it worth the trade you're going to have to use to get him in later? And, and I that, just think he's worth dragons having. Dragons round four. I believe Warriors round five, they're games where you're going, depending how them two start the season, big hundreds. Even if he does start the first three rounds a little bit slow and looks set to drop money, if he does and he's got a break in of 200, you're probably not bringing him in for that Dragons game or the Warriors game. Yep. And that's where he goes whack, pumps out his 150, and you think, well, that was all in vain. So starting without him for the first three rounds, it may look like a masterstroke. Owners, if that does happen, is going to have to stick strong in the hope that he goes big against either of those two. So, yeah, I, I can see the play. Tanner Boyd is so appealing, but, 
you know, he was also a shock selection when we heard that he, he'd jumped the pecking order to start for them round one. So job security isn't great. Uh, what are the Titans going to be like this year? Sure, they look good, but I, I would dare say Kieran Foran probably had a lot of ball on the left edge. Yeah, I think Tanner Boy, he looks like a slam dunk, but I reckon that if, if they start poorly, he, he'll be the first one to yeah, go. agreed. So, I, yeah, I... I like the look of Tanner Boyd. I think he's played well so far, but I also think that people are very excited by his scores last year at halfback. It was a numpty-a-thon, realistically, the games that he played. The one that he didn't was against Melbourne. He scored 30. And look, mate, like anything, if he does c- come good early and go, go 70-70 or even more, I know I uh, you know, I said differently before, but you've got trades, you've got... Ascent. The fact that he's dual, there are four players that you can trade down to him to free yeah. up cash. So it's not the end of the world if he does kill it. Adam Dewey, I'm picking him as my starting 5'8". After watching those games of the weekend, I've had to fall on my sword there. So I think he's the guy to come in. Uh, But probably the bigger talking point, Josh Schuster-Gonski. I've gone for KP at 5'8", 530K. Wasn't overly... I I thought that he wasn't overly impressive the other day, but when he had the ball in hand, I thought he looked good, which is realistically all we care about when it comes to super coach. Defensively, there was a lot of issues there, but... I don't think AOB is in a position to drop his 5'8 because defensively he's struggling. So I personally, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about that. Goal kicking, uh, he didn't goal kick on the weekend. He was goal kicking pre-game with Jacko. What that means, I don't know. But I would lean towards Jackson Hastings will be goal kicking. Uh, but KP, I just think with that good run that he's got to start with, I think it's Warriors, Tigers, a couple of new combinations. I love the Warriors edges to attack. Mm. I think KP can do well there. I think that Whilst Bradman Best is fit, and whilst Greg Marcy was still full of confidence, I'm happy to take a punt on KP and start with him on that left edge. Uh, yeah, look, bit of pushback on this one. And it cut, before the weekend with Birdo Schuster, I would have said, no, nah, I can't find it. There's obviously a appeal there with KP based on a 50-point average. I'm just... There are so many red flags. It's like, for probably relatively different reasons, it's just like... TPJ, where you go, it should be all, all rosy and whatnot, but I just see so many issues. Calf injury coming in to the preseason. Played 40 minutes of the trial, completely new combinations. Goal kicking, you mentioned there that he kicked. The fact that he was kicking goals means that he's good to go if, if, he, if he was the first pick for the role. So had he not kicked goals, there would be that uncertainty around, all right, is it because of the calf injury and once he gets back to full fitness, he will be kicking goals. But that says to me, all right, well, Hastings is the number one goal kicker. I had a bit of mail, the same thing, saying Hastings will be the goal kicker round one. So you take the goal kicking out of his scoring. New edge, he's going to get a lot thrown at him defensively. You know, he'll probably make 25, potentially 30 tackles a game because, of course, they're going to send him at him. Does that tire him out? Does he have less of an impact? How much control is Jackson Hastings going to take in this team and is Pong going to get a bit less ball than maybe we're anticipating he gets? At fullback, he could float between both edges and he had ample opportunities. He's now... Do we see him floating to the right edge much or do we see him playing He did on the there? weekend. Yeah. So, so and I also think... I, I understand... I understand the argument of is Jackson Hastings going to take control? Mate, you watch the way that Jackson Hastings plays. It is all about creating space for the, the guys middle. outside yeah, him. Yeah. So... so yeah, and then concussion history. He's one head knock away from being not just out for a few weeks, but he's one just head knock away in these 25 tackles a game he makes 
from going off the field five minutes into the game. Yep. So that, the calf injury, there's just a lot of things that say to me, no. And then you look at him and go, Knights draw into a probably a better ball playing role, has big tons in him and he's dirt cheap. I get it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And then I'm also looking at, you know, you can be paying all these mid-range back rowers. If you do start with Schuster and shift him down to 5'8", when that, you can go Ponga for like 50k more than one of these mid-range back rowers. So I understand it, mate. I just, a lot of red flags. Yeah, a lot of red flags. And I think that's what will scare a lot of people off him. I'm going to take the punt early. Mm. It doesn't work out. I go down to Schuster. Yeah. And that's sort of the way that I'm looking at it. And that, as we mentioned with Tony before around Schuster, that's the beauty of, of, I suppose, not starting with him. Any of your back rowers or five eights don't perform. They go to him in round three before they drop value. And that's where I think there's a really good opportunity here for some for you to grab some good points if you can hit the right AJ Brimson, mm. the right Kalen Ponga, someone like that. Yeah. Have a little punt. It's a free hit. And then you can go down to a Schuster or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I need to stress that before the Schuster thing, uh, I didn't have KP in my side. It's just because that opportunity's opened up. Uh, so hopefully we get mail that Schuster's going to be back round three. I'm a little bit worried about Schuster, eh? Oh, speaking of red flags, there's always something, isn't there? Yeah, there's yeah. always just something floating around. Um, just on that, mate, uh, I've had the name Cooper Johns thrown at me by a number of people. I don't think you can possibly consider it, can you? Oh, God, no. It's, it's why. I understand why... People that maybe haven't played much Supercoach think, oh, he's playing 5-8, cheap guy. He'll, he'll more than likely play one game. He will play one game. Yeah. He would have to absolutely kill it for Schuster not to be starting there round three, again, provided he's fit. Yeah. And, you know, if Schuster is injured for a little bit longer than round one, they've got the bye round two. That, that, that's another game that Cooper misses out on as mm. well. So, no thanks. Um, we're getting to my CTWs, mate. Let's do it. All right, uh, Val Holmes, he's been in my side since day one. I think he's in for a huge season. I'm going with him. I'm sticking with my Isaac Tungo. I think that you could see on the weekend that I think he is going to get a lot more ball. Mm. Um, so I'm sticking with him. I imagine you're still not overly keen. I'm not overly keen on Tungo. Holmes is still uh, polarising me. I, I don't know. Um, I'm so conflicted over him, whether or not to pay up. Val's going to be your Joey Manu this year if you don't get him, I reckon. Yeah. Well... I'll tell you what has happened. There's the cheapy senior super coach this preseason has been all over the shop. It changes so quickly. Remember the start of the preseason, we we're going a lot of cheapies there. Hit early Feb, and we're going. I don't know if they're going to be there or not. And now you sort of going, oh, a few more cropping up. Granted, the Taylor May injury has opened up one spot there, which is key. But that's footy. That's, that's, that's footy. Yeah. That's footy. So it's the fact that that's looking a bit better now. I'm thinking, all right. Maybe I can stack CT Dub with cheapies. Maybe that allows me to, you know, pay up one spot for Val Holmes. So that's a fine pick from you. Tungo, mate, I had my reservations going in. We, we did suspect that with no kick out there, the, the way that style would play, less decoys, more early ball for him, more space trade out wide. But, you know, they also weren't overly impressive on the weekend. I, I Shape, shape, though. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't practice shape for a whole off-season with new players and then go into a World Cup challenge. And yeah, and, and the shape's important, but with new faces in the team, how good are Penrith going to be early? You know, there was no one-year premiership hangover. Is there going to be a second-year premiership hangover early on? I just think it's 624K with a tough draw to start the season and a buy in round three. 
I don't really know what the upside is at 627k. Yeah, I I mean, what he's averaged 60 last year and he was a fucking decoy. Mm. I I I actually no, I don't get what you're saying at all. I don't I don't know how you can say there's not upside in a guy that was the best decoy in rugby league last year. I think it's pretty evident by their shape the other day that he's not going to be. And yeah, like how good are Penrith going to be? Fuck. If they get 30% worse, they're the fourth best team in the competition. Yes. Yeah, so what was he last year? His, ba- uh, his base of 34 for a bloke who ran a lot of decoys is unbelievable. That's incredible. And, yeah. he's, and you wait until this year when he actually starts to get more ball down there. That'll lift as well. Just getting up their draw early on in the season. So Brisbane, round one, uh, I mean, that's fairly enticing. Then goes into the Bunnies, Parramatta, sorry, Bunnies, by Parramatta Raiders Manly. Uh, I know Penrith are kind of the exception opposition-wise because they're the best, but it's also a tough draw. No, not for me. Okay, we'll see. Good luck. I'm going to enjoy this one, mate. I'm going to enjoy this one. He'll be out of your team by that round three, bye. Uh, no, and he might be. He, he quite possibly yeah, might he's be. He's the pushback already. No, no, I've, I've said that from the start, though. Yeah, he's one of those yeah, guys yeah. that you, you know, if it doesn't work out, and that's what I love about these early buys, I think people are looking at them so negatively. Yeah. It's perfect. If things don't work out for you, Good then you can make moves there uh, before he loses money at 627K. And then whoever, you know, if it doesn't work out, whoever the cheapie is there. Yeah. Sweet. Um, Isaac Thompson. Uh, he was good in the trials. He wasn't overly amazing, but I think that he's the sort of body shape that South Sydney need. South Sydney are always going to score points. Grant, he's on the right edge, rather than on the left, but he's probably not going to push little Ken Irvine Jr. out of the side. So, um, Thompson, I like him. Is he in your side? He actually is. Yep. Yeah, he's made his way in. He's just, I think, was it two games or so last year, 60-odd points. Uh, I think in those games he busted like six and four tackles, ran like... Maybe 15 and 12 times. It might have been more. It might have been 17 and 14 runs in those games. In a gun attacking side, I think it might be a slower burn than anticipated because of how hard the draw is, because of the Bunny's preference to play down the left. But so I'll be a little bit cautious early on playing him in my starting 17. But once these softer games open up, I think he could be such a safe play in your CT dub early in the season. Well, not early in the season, once the draw opens up a little bit. And he might make some big coin. We just might have to wait till around nine or ten to see those, you know, hopefully doubles and maybe the occasional hat trick pop in there for yeah. him. So, and I'm happy to be patient with it because I, I, it'll save a trade later on. Fuck, it's going to be a dangerous edge, Campbell Graham and him. Yeah. It's going to be lethal. I'm really looking forward to watching Campbell Graham this year. Uh, I probably should have done him with Isaac Tungo, but Taruva, I guess we already spoke about him before. Mm. He'll be in there somewhere, 275K. He will score tries, whether he's left side, right side, whatever. As long as he's in the team, he's going to score tries, and I think he's close to a must-have. I think so, mate, yeah. yeah. Uh, my bench CTW is Alamotti for the Canterbury Bulldogs. We spoke about him already with Tony. Uh, 200K starting centre in a first-grade side that looks like they won't be terrible. Uh, I'm going with him. Mm. Pierre I already spoke about. And I've got Will Warbrick there, so obviously he is pending teamless. Um, I guess here it's all good and well to talk about Alamotti, Pierre Warbrick. It's almost more interesting to talk about the guys that aren't there. Yeah. Zach Sini is one that I'm really mm. looking at. <sighs> Job security is the big question with him, though. 
Bailey Simonton, one of Blake due back in the early stages. There's just so many job security issues. Senior, it looks he, he potentially has won his way into that Parramatta back line. Uh, there are so many options between Dunstar and Russell that can chop and change. So we'll see come TLT what a day that's going to be. Um, uh, the best thing about Alamotti, Khan Priera and Warbrick is Khan Priera looks like a bloke who will score well super twice. wise Titans have a great early draw, so he should be a pretty decent early play in 17s when required. Paul Alamotti on that doggy's left edge, outside Burton, kick out, Fox outside him. They're going to get a heap of ball, and he's going to get a heap of attacking opportunity, and he's a tackle buster, a big boy. They all just look like maybe not as much Warbrick, but they look like really quite safe plays in 17s early on. Like Campiera, you know, he might have a 20 in him, but as we saw in the trials on that left edge and how good it looks, there might be games where he scores 80 to 100, and it just balances out. And if that ends up in a 40 to 50-point average, you take those points. Yeah, I think Cambiera is going to be well and truly uh, worth having. And as you said, there might be low games, but, mate, I was pretty impressed with the amount of work that he got through. Yeah. He was taking some really good hit-ups out of his own end. I'm, I'm just trying to get some stats up of how many runs he had in that game. But uh, I'm feeling pretty confident there. He had 12 runs. That's in a fine. trial as well. Like. In a trial, that's... He yeah, tries hard I, I'm good as gold with that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, CTWs, I was just having a look at the most owned guys as far as it stands right now. It goes Alamotti, Campiera, Chans, who I don't have, Hamiso, who I don't have, then Val Holmes, Jack Howarth, Brian To'o, Suwali'i. Um, out of those sort of guys, anyone that... Actually, who who's in your CTWs that I don't have? Have you gone for Remus or Chans? Is there anyone else that... Stands out to you that's I've not there. Got Jared Croker. Of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah, Croaks is in. Nah. Croaks, I potted in there uh, when I heard about the Taylor May news and the jewels hadn't been given to Taruv yet. So I just needed someone around his price just to put yep. in in the meantime. Um, around the cheapies, Remus Smith, who I'm going a bit cold on. Weird. <laughs> Weird, huh? <laughs> Fuck, I thought he was an immortal four weeks ago. <laughs> he had Stocks and Remus fucking Smith. Oh, why'd you ask me? I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think he's as bad as what I said. Mm. <laughs> I don't think he's as, as good as what well. you yeah. said. He's know, somewhere in the middle, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I, uh, unless another great cheapie emerges, I'll be starting with Remus Smith still. I just think job security's great. There's some attacking upside with him at the Storm. But I, I was sort of sitting on earlier... What was it? One try and one assist or something last season, or one try and two assists something in ten or so games in twenty twenty two. Now I'm like, maybe he's just not the bloke who gets attacking stats, and and we see it all the time. But at the same time, center for a great attacking side in Melbourne. I I still think more have got to come. I've just tempered my expectations that maybe he's not a play in seventeens because there could be some low scores. Have you taken his poster off your wall or what? God, no. Right Still up, up there, there? Right up there next to David Stagg. So have you got Will Warbrick in your side? Uh, Warbrick will be squeezing his way into, and I've got some big movements in my CT dub that will come in the full team reveal. Yeah, nice. Fuck, you're a coward. <laughs> All right. Um, here we are at Beers and Break Evens, pouring money everywhere, and Tim Williams, can't even tell you his fucking team. He's unbelievable. I'm comfortable with who I am, mate, and if that's a coward, then so be it. So be it. All right, fullbacks. James Tedesco, uh, I was talking to you, you boys before. Apparently, people are going a little bit cold off him off the back of that trial on the weekend. I ain't. I'm starting with him, Teddy. 
Can you imagine not owning Teddy round one for that Dolphins game when you know, what, let's say 60% of, 50% of coaches own him and all 50% have captained him. Imagine not owning him at Suncorp on that dry surface, if it's a dry surface, I should say, but such a good ground for Supercoach scoring. Um, like, have fun. The, uh, I had the weekly rub down boys here the other day and they had a really interesting... I know it's draft, but it is relatable to Classic. They said that uh, at the end of every season... The top 10 players that have played 13 or more games mm. based on averages every year i think there's six new guys that enter that top 10 on average right teddy's the only one that has stayed there for the last five in a row wow pretty fucking impressive so good and the only the only two that made it back to back from last year were teddy and i think it was isaiah Papali. That have gone yeah. back to back twice so just shows you the sort of rare air that teddy finds himself yep. in and I mean, fuck. Teddy could start quiet and average 80. Dolphins round one, Warriors round two. Warriors is in Sydney. You're bold to suggest he's going to start slow yeah. now, I Enjoy think. Enjoy going against him. Yeah, 100%. And, mate, Tommy Turbo, uh, if he's there round one, I think he picks himself 570-odd K. I just think he is too scary to start without. Uh, I had someone message me yesterday and shout out to him. I think he was he's an early days super coach player, didn't have turbo. And I said, why? He goes, just worried about the hammy. And I said, mate, if his hammy goes a minute into his first game, you're in the same boat as everyone. If it doesn't, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Your season is over before it starts. You're banking on injury. You have to have him, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't thought twice. I haven't thought twice about the fullback position. It's been Teddy and Turbo from the second they said that Turbo's good to go for round one. Yeah. No, I agree, mate. I think you have to have those two. So overall, mate, what's the biggest problem with my team? What do you like about it? If you can find any positives. Look, it wasn't I'm, as I'm bad. here for the negatives, though. So yeah, are they. It wasn't as bad as I, I probably first thought. Um, I mean, we've had, what, about six weeks now to sculpt it into something that resembles a half-decent Supercoach side. Uh, no major knocks on team structure. That is, it's fine by me. Um... Aside from the couple of plays that I pointed out, Isaac Tungo being number one, I, it's not a bad side. Is Isaac number one or is KP? Isaac. Isaac. Okay. Isaac by a mile. Oh, I can't wait till he fucking brains it this year. <laughs> Cannot <laughs> fucking wait. Can't wait till he averages 30 over the first two weeks and you say, shit. Mate, if he, if he goes 80 the first two weeks, which he probably will... I think we might have him on, on as guest host for round three when he's got the bye. Yeah. Bring him I, in. I'm out. Tongue go in. You're out. Gonski. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. How good. Uh, mate, Supercoach Playbook, you dropped the podcast last night. What did you guys get stuck into? We did a deep dive into those two RF mid-rangers was the big mm. one. We had a few more club previews. Uh, the Dolphins we were going to touch on last night. We are going to push back to next week. Just want to see what their 17 is for round one because who knows what they're going to go with after the weekend. But, yeah, two RF deep dive. That, that's what's intrigued me. All these second row blokes, four to 500K. There are so many that have propped up. So we basically ranked those and gave our thoughts on all of that um, along with a few other things. Adam Darussi was on who's just a gun on it. So happy to have him. And, yeah, that was it. We can do the Dolphins now if you want. Abort, abort, abort. <laughs> I, I can't see. I think Jack Jack Bostock is the only one, but I'm pretty sure he's on a development contract. Yeah, That's how he originally signed. So I don't think he's available until... I actually think he's meant to come off it in 2024, was the article I read the other day, but maybe round 11. Outside of him, I, I, I think Hammer has shown us he, he he's not that guy. We've spoken about Gilbert. 
and it's lined through him. Yeah, I geez, hasn't the Gilbert chat gone quiet this week? Um, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not convinced on any of them. Ra- Ray Stone's the only potential one, and even Stone, I, I think I need to see him starting, which it doesn't look as though it'll happen. I love Ray Stone as a footballer, and every time I put him in my Supercoach team, I go, I hope something better pops up because you just don't know what his minutes going to look like. Or I'm I'm concerned about how much time the Dolphins going to be spending behind. Behind the post yep. as well. And then all those just minutes eating away where he's not making his tackles. Yeah, no, I agree. Isaiah Katoa is the only one that could come in and be interesting. But I think Nick Arima's locked into that side. And I think Milf and Sean O'Sullivan start the season. And I don't think you can afford to carry Isaiah Katoa for... It could be 10 weeks. It yep. could be a season. It could so, be, yeah. It quite possibly could be. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, you'll get to the Dolphins next week on the Supercoach Playbook. Guys, uh, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar, myself and Timmy. We're going to be hitting the road very soon. You excited or what? I'm so excited for these tours. We're, what are we, a week away? Yeah, bit fuck, of, yeah. Away. How good? Wagga, Armadale, Rocky, Cairns. Cairns. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously brought to you by Ringers Westerns. Make sure you go check out all their gear. Some unreal kit last week, just quietly. Oh. Yeah. They looked after us. There's some good gear. Very good stuff. And obviously, bloke in a bar, guys. Go out, grab yourself a case of bloke this weekend, uh, the last weekend before the season starts. So grab a case of bloke, tr- treat your missus to a couple this weekend. Do something special, you know. Treat you to a case of bloke. How good. Doesn't get much better. <laughs> and then uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Uh, and we'll be going through our first team list Tuesday. Holy shit. I cannot fucking wait for that. That's going to be unreal. And just a reminder too, guys, we had Tony on before. Uh, $5,000 courtesy of the great people at Blue Wealth Property. Uh, so the link is in the description of the YouTube and of the podcast to so go click there to have a look at his upcoming events. If you use that link, we'd really appreciate it. That sort of signed you up under the name Beers and Breakevens. Make sure you mention that you're a fan of Beers and Breakevens when you do uh, go to visit Tony and the team. Uh, we're going to have him on a few more times throughout the year and a few more educational uh, things are going to come from Tony, which I know that I've been taking in like a fucking sponge. Mate. It's it's good stuff. That it's good will, stuff. Yeah, and uh, I didn't get roasted too bad today either. Yeah, he got off easy. I, 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 I rang him before and just said, take it easy on him. Um, but <laughs> in order to get into that group, guys, you need the code 353745. 353745. It's a group, not a league. When you go to your leagues, it'll be at the top. You'll press it a thousand times. It won't work because it's not a league. It's a group. Scroll down. And I think, Timmy, I'm going to have to keep screenshots of anyone that says to me, it's not working. I think I'm going to take you out of the running just quietly. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a group. You've scroll been, down. You've been warned. You've been warned. Yeah, and we will not warn you again until next week. So scroll down. Groups 353-745. You can win $5,000. That's cold, hard cash in your pocket from Blue Wealth Property. And if you're a member of an NRL club, Tim's a member of two. He might get 1000 You will get $500 <laughs> there for being a member of an NRL club. So if you're not already, go ahead and do that. I think that just shows the sort of guy Tony is to me, a rugby league guy. First thing he said to us, mate, let's, uh, let's do a bonus if they're an NRL club member. He just wants to grow the game. He yeah. loves it. Well, when he started the sentence, I thought he was going to say a Canterbury fan. I thought, can't really do that, Tony. <laughs> I don't know about that. But he just wants everyone to support their club, yeah. which is unreal. Uh, anything else, mate? All good, mate. All good. What do you got planned for the weekend? Feed up? Uh, mate, I'm heading back to the heart of the Kuma Stallions territory. Yep, we've got oh. a, a club fundraiser on. So, got a few NRL players going down to it. Uh, if you're keen and around Kuma this weekend, which I don't, know, don't see why you'd want to be anywhere else, 
tickets available to that. Flick us a message and come on. We've got uh, Jamal Fogarty coming along, Jack Williams, mm. some decent talent. I'll be interviewing them and, yeah, trying to raise some money for Bush Footy. What time? Is it Saturday night, is it? Uh, that is uh, on Saturday night, I would assume, about 6 or 7 o'clock. But hit me up with details if you're anywhere around Monero, the Group 16, down the coast. Be good oh, good. Yep. That'll be fantastic. I've got my draft weekend on Saturday. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. So there'll be a bit of content uh, coming out of that. So I'm very excited. Biggest day of the year for you. By far. I'm getting married this year and it's still the biggest day of the year for me. So. T- we say TLT is the biggest day of the year for super coaches. Draft day is the day for you. Draft day is my day. Yeah. Draft day is That's my day. That's two Christmas. big days within a couple of days. That's a lot. You're a big day yourself, so plenty <laughs> to deal with. Uh, thank you for joining us once again, guys. We will see you next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Uh, where we will be looking at the Teamless Tuesday for round one. See you then, guys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 